Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attack those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, He said fight. You can't fight. He said withstand. You can't withstand. He said stand. What does it mean to stand? He said don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. Doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it fast this and our granddaddy did it like that and let's change it just a little bit. You change it and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Hello and welcome. My name is David Baker. Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. We're glad that you're here and I'm looking forward to today. Hey, preacher, I promise you, you want to listen to this. I'm going to encourage you. I want to help you. Uh, I want to uplift you, and I really do. Uh, when I started this podcast, a lot of different things we wanted to do, and uh, I started off first trying to keep people from sliding, say, to the dark side, to uh, going away from God in uh, biblical principles and life and standards and drinking and uh, all the things there that we've covered to try to help people to go, no, th- this is wrong. You don't go that way. You don't need to go that way. It's not something new. Uh, it's something old and uh, something we came out of. You don't want to go into it, promise you been there and watched too many people go there. I don't want to fix doctrinal issues that are out there. Um, doctrine, sound doctrine. Okay, boy, I love that. Love to take uh, doctrinal issues and see uh, what sound, no holes in it. Then I want to introduce you to good missionaries and pastors and uh, looking through the list of people. Boy, it's been fun to be able to do that and look forward to doing that even more. And then to accentuate some issues that I think are really needed out there, the King James Bible. People are still messed up and confused about that. I want to do more with that. Restoration, helping people when they fall, when they're down, really a big deal. And of course, the winning of souls, there's nothing, nothing bigger than that. And uh, the last uh, purpose and topic we're going to cover today, to encourage preachers, okay, to encourage preachers. Um, This thought goes back almost, well, probably 30 years now, and I call it, I lost my job. What is that? Um, 30 some years ago, well, 30, 30 and a half years ago, we started our church. And I had uh, reached a family first um, through a uh, a young couple, and then his, their teenage brother got saved, called to preach, and I uh, went to a youth conference with us. Then got to reach their parents. They were Baptists. They were already saved, but didn't have a church. Then reached um, their other sister, and all the family was coming to church. And boy, it was great, and serving, and growing, and good people. And one day they said, Pastor, we just want to let you know we're going to be leaving. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, we're we're leaving the church. Why? Did I do something? No, no, no. We've enjoyed it. But our old pastor, so-and-so, he came back and he took over church, and so we're going to go over there. 
I want to go, wait, your son wasn't even saved. Your daughter wasn't even saved. Your other uh, daughter and her husband weren't saved. And, and boy, we got to reach and serve the Lord together. Well, if we had known he was coming back, we wouldn't have came here. We'd have just gone there. And, and we're leaving, not mad, not upset, hadn't done anything wrong. But boy, it just ripped my heart out. <laughs> it threw me for a loop. And I went to God and said, God, why does this hurt so much? Why does it hurt so much to lose a family? Why do I have this pain in my heart so badly? And I've never heard God's voice audibly. If you have, let me know what it's like. Uh, but I do hear the Spirit a lot, very clearly. I felt like he asked me a question. Um, okay, what's the thing that hurts a man more than just about anything? Like, wow, losing a job. Man, if a man got fired on a job, man, he's down, he's hurt. People commit suicide for that. Financial problems and losing a job just about uh, more than anything besides a wife uh, leaving or something happening like that. <clears throat> and so when it comes to a man, it's not good for him. It hurts his image, his ego, his manhood, his attitude toward life. Um, because a man is made for the work. God made Adam for the work to address and keep the garden in Genesis 2.15. And so it really is a big deal. And I and I felt like, okay, God said, okay, why? Why is that? Because if a man loses a job, that's what hurts. Well, guess what? As a pastor, I have a job for a church. Okay, I'm the pastor of the church, but not really. I'm not the church's pastor. I'm the Jones's pastor and uh, the Smith's pastor and uh, the Williams pastor. And go through all the families in the church. I'm an individual pastor to them. So when one family leaves, here we go. I lost my job. I got fired. Just like a man, if he came home from work and he got fired, imagine how a pastor feels when he gets fired. I've heard this. I've never been this way. I've been down on some Mondays, but uh, the joke is, boy, every Monday morning, a preacher resigns. Why do they feel like that? Because many times they lost their job. They just found out so-and-so left church. So-and-so quit church. So-and-so, without saying these words, they look at them in their eyes and say, you're not my pastor anymore. And as a pastor who has a heart and loves and cares for them, guess what? It hurts. If you're a layperson listening to this, please understand, it's a big deal. It hurts. It hurts uh, when a pastor loses a church member. Why? He lost his job. He lost his job. Um, it really is a big deal. And so when I was going through that with the Lord, okay, Lord, help me. <laughs> help me. What do I do? Uh, he led me to the Bible and let me know, hey, you're not alone. You're not alone. Here's the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 4. For Demas hath forsaken me. Yes, he forsook the Lord, but guess what? He forsook me too. We were friends. We served the Lord together. I was, quote, his pastor. Demas hath forsaken me. Why? Having loved this present world and has departed unto Thessalonica. Wow. You think that hurt Paul? Absolutely. You can feel it in the words. For Demas hath forsaken me. Well, you feel like that. We were brothers. We were serving the Lord together. Um, boy, we were close. Boy, we got to help you, and we've been there for you, and they forsook. It's tough. Christian, same thing to Galatia. Uh, Titus to Dalmatia. Wait, wait, you're supposed to stay in Crete. No, Titus left. He went to Dalmatia. Only Lucas with me. Take Mark, bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. It's a big deal to be forsaken because someone loved the world. It's a big deal for someone you tried to help and you were with, and you're close to and you served the Lord with. They got backslidden and went to Galatia. Titus, who said, hey, I'm helping you. I wrote a whole book to try to help you. Hey, stay in Crete, fix the things that are wanting. And then 
He doesn't. Just goes to Dalmatia to play with the Dalmatian dogs. <laughs> okay, that's not true. <laughs> uh, smile? Joke? All right. Um, to play with these little spotted dogs. But um, when a true preacher loves someone and they leave, it hurts. I heard this a long time ago from an older preacher. He said, you know when you have a pastor's heart? <laughs> when your worst church member leaves and you pray for them, you love them and wish they were back. Amen? Been there. Um, it's a tough thing. Paul hurt. Only Luke is with me. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? It's a tough thing. By the way, parents, it's like losing a child going off into the world. Um, it's about the same thing. Uh, my little children, I write into the, the Paul said often, you have many teachers, but one father, that person led you to Christ. It's a big deal. It's like that. You've lost your job. Let me give you two simple things to help you. Okay. Two simple things. Number one, try to get your job back. Try to get your job back. Um, Paul got Mark back. Hey, bring Mark. Why? He's profitable to me for the ministry. Hey, they served together and Mark quit and had a falling out. Uh, but guess what? Mark came back. Mark came back. What a big deal. If you have a prodigal son that goes away, what makes it better? <laughs> when they come back to God. When they come back to God. Um, you lose your job, try to get him back. Sometimes you can't. I have had people leave, and my question to them is, hey, have I done anything wrong? Is there anything I need to fix? Is there anything I need to make right? And if they do, then I try to fix it and make it right. Sometimes you can't because they don't want to make it right. There are other issues involved. But leave the door open. Let them know you love them. Let them know you care about them. I got a call years ago from a friend say, hey, you better get on Funless Forum, man. They're ripping you apart. They're tearing you apart. You need to go on there and defend yourself. Oh, great. So I go on there and I look and, and they're using anonymous names. I know who they are by the stories they're telling. And boy, it broke my heart. The guy, like, what did I do to him? And he's just ripping me up one side and down the other. I know the true story. I know where he's at and what he's done. <laughs> I know his divorce. I know his bouncing in a bar. I know his drinking when he left church. I know all that. Get on there and try to destroy him? No, didn't say a thing. The other guy, I won't tell you too much of a story or people would know yet, but very, very, very close to me. And I had done so much for him and he's just ripping me. Like, what did I do? Didn't say anything. Try to keep the door open. Years later, that first one that criticized me called and said, hey, can I talk to you? And I need to get married and I need someone to do my premarriage counseling. And honestly, she's not saved. And in the premarriage counseling, I know you're going to do your best to show her how to go to heaven. Would you do that? <laughs> Wow, sure. I got to do that. Letter to Christ. Got to marry them. Beautiful thing. Restored relationship. Uh, the other guy had to, um, his wife was going back to work and needed someone to watch her kids. And they went through all their friends and all their family and everybody they knew. Okay, who could, who would we trust to take care of our children? They went through everybody. They came to us and said, honestly, we feel so bad. There's only one family that we thought trustworthy enough who we know would take care of our kids the right way. And it's you guys. We need to apologize to you for how we treated you, and we need to ask you if you would babysit our kids. Wow. <laughs> well, I wanted to attack them. I wanted to tell them everything I knew about them. What's that going to do? Nothing. But leave the door open and love them and pray for them, and maybe, maybe one day you can restore the relationship again. Hey, if you get your job back, boy, what a restoration. What a joy that is. And many times through the years, someone who uh, was upset, you're able to restore that again. I was at a funeral one time and saw a man that left years ago and, boy, just trashed me horribly. And I saw him at a funeral, came up to him, said, good to see you. How you doing? He said, I'm doing good. He said, by the way, I need to apologize to you. 
Okay. Um, years ago, I left. I trashed you. I said all bad things about you. He said it had nothing to do with you. It was me. But I needed a way to justify myself, so I blamed it on you. Boy, that's neat. I didn't think I'd done anything to him, but boy, you didn't know. Um, boy, it's a big deal. Hey, to have those friendships restored, <laughs> what a big deal that is. If we trash them, if we get in the flesh, if we do what they did, we're not going to have an opportunity to do that. Now, God hasn't restored all of them yet, but guess what? <laughs> in heaven, he will. In heaven, he will. Those people that are saved, guess what? In heaven, we'll be friends. We'll be close. And until then, I dream, okay, heaven will be restored, and hopefully down here we will be. The other thing that uh, will help you when you lose your job, very simply, get another job. <laughs> get another job. Remember asking, Lord, okay, I understand I lost my job, then that's how I hurt so much. God, what do I do? <laughs> the Spirit, he said, go get another job. Oh, wow. Go find another family to help. Go find someone else to lead to Christ. Go find someone else to care about. Through 35 years of preaching, 30 and a half years of pastoring, and all the hurts and heartaches and hard times we've gone through, I've learned that one thing. Go get another job. Go encourage somebody. Go help somebody. When I was going through the worst time in the world, I got to lead a guy to Christ. Man, he got on fire. He got in church. He was excited. We went to all of his friends and got to lead them to Christ and get them in church. He was saying, hey, can I take that van and can I pick up people and bring them to church on Sunday night and Wednesday night? Sure. He started doing that. I still remember we went to see a friend of his that was dying. I've never seen in 30, 35 years of preaching this. We walked in and there was a hospital bed there, but it had sides on it. It had sides on it. And it was to keep his body from overflowing through the floor. He had done drugs and there's something that had broken down in his body. And, and his, his body was literally like jello. His whole body was. It was just taking on fluid and taking on fluid. And if they didn't have the, the literally the walls around the bed, his body would have just spilled off. And uh, he died a few days later, but we got to lead him to Christ. <laughs> Guess what? Walking out of that house, he and I rejoicing that his friend got saved. Boy, it, it helped the hurt I was feeling from the people that I lost. Through the years, my schedule has said, okay, I go to the jail and I preach and help people. I've gone in there so many times, down discouraged. Oh, I don't feel good. All right, I'm going to go in quick, give the plan of salvation, leave. That's it. An hour and a half later, boy, I got to go, but my heart loves those guys. I walked out of the jail so many times with tears in my eyes. Lord, thank you. <laughs> thank you for giving me an opportunity to go and help these guys. They don't know what I'm going through. They don't know I just lost my job to 10 people. They don't know that I'm dying. All they know is we need some help, and he's coming in to help us. Um, if you lost your job, do what? Hey, go get another job. Go find somebody else that you need to help, somebody else who needs you. They're all over the place. Stop anywhere, okay? Stop anywhere. There's someone who needs you to help them. Back in the beginning of our church, and you know, we start with four people and finances and life, and boy, things were tough. Anytime I was down, I would go visit two ladies. One lady was named Zelda Swan. She was over 80. And one lady was Sarah Duncan. She was an adopted grandmother. We named her oldest daughter after her. Um, when I was a kid, we used to live by them and went to church with them. And just a real sweet lady. Both of them are in their 80s. And I'd go by and visit them. And they thought I was going by to visit them and encourage them. And honestly, I wasn't. I was going by for me. Because I knew spending time with those sweet, dear, holy, godly saints that I would leave encouraged. What would I do? Go get another job. Go try to love them and care about them. And God would use that to lift me and to help me. Hey, preacher, have you lost your job? Are you hurting? Are you hurting? Do what you can to get the other people back. 
there's been times I've just gone to them and say, hey, is there a problem, something I've done? There were some people that left our church and, and they were already leaving, going somewhere else. And I didn't know why. I just called them and say, hey, just want to know. I heard you're going to another church. Uh, um, yes, no problem. I'm not trying to give you our time. I appreciate it. Did I do anything? Is there anything I need to do? Anything I need to help you with? Or anything I need to apologize for or fix? I go, no, no, you didn't do anything. Okay. Well, if you ever need me or if I can do anything for you, let me know. Oh, okay. Thank you. Guess what? Suddenly they showed up for church and they kept coming. Wow. Uh, I got my job back. How excited is that? Wow. You got fired from a job. You get hired back and give you a raise. Boy, what a blessing that is. Or what do you do? Go get another job. Go find somebody else that needs you. Go help them. What a blessing that it is. Preacher, I know, I've been there too many times. And I'm sure if the Lord tarries, there'll be many other times. But I've learned this simple truth. Hey, see if I can get my job back. At least don't put a wall up because I may get my job back one day with them. And then second, go get a new job. Go find somebody who needs you. Go find someone out there that's lost. Go find someone that's going through a problem. By the way, they're everywhere. And you get to encourage and help them. Guess what? You got a new job. And it is the sweetest, easiest, best way in the world to take the heartaches, burdens, problems of life that we face as a pastor to have a new job to go help somebody that needs you. Hey, God bless you. Hope that was encouragement. Hope you keep that in your mind. I lost my job. Very simply, go get another job. Find somebody that needs you and help them. God bless you. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at the Fundamental Baptist Podcast at gmail.com.